This weekend's UFC 261 is sure to be a can't-miss event. Every punch, every... I can't kick on the air, but uh, I'm, I'm, I'm doing a kicking motion right now. And every knockout means so much more with a DraftKings lineup on the line. DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of UFC, is giving you a shot at huge cash prizes. For this weekend's fight, DraftKings is offering all players a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. And if you haven't tried it yet, first off, why not? Fantasy MMA is easy to play. Just pick six fighters, stay under the salary cap, and pile up points for advances, takedowns, and more. There's no better way to put your MMA knowledge to the test than to compete for a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. Plus, don't forget about basketball and hockey, where DraftKings has even more money up for grabs throughout the week. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. In the words of Frank Sinatra, it's a real kick in the head. Download the DraftKings app now and use promo code THPN to get a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes throughout the week. And if you do win, brag to us about it. Seriously, we love we love winners here on, on Blue Notes. Uh, that's promo code THPN to get a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes only at DraftKings. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. I was walking through the halls of a Minnesota rink When along came a wild fan who started talking smack to me He said, I bet you never liked the blues until they won a cup and So I calmly turned to him and said, hey man, listen up I admit it's pretty great to win Lord Stanley's prize But listen, I've been waiting for this moment my whole life Yes, sir, I'm a blues fan. Yes, sir, I'm a blues fan. Heartbreak's all I knew, man. That team from old St. Lou, man. Got a cup in here, 52, man. Give me a let's go blues. I know Brett Hall, Cortnall, Campbell, Cujo, Jenny Oates, Brown, Chase, Fuhrer, Zombo, Sezzle, Butcher, Shanny, Tilly, Tuttle, Sutter, Twister, Turcot, Kimball, Turgeon, Baron, Bassin, Pronger, Pearson, Bergevin, Bozon, Al McKinnis, Crab, Chuck, Howard, Chuck, Petrovicki, Pellerin, Dimitra, Yate, Corson, Conrad, Gretzky. Yes, sir, I'm a blues fan. Yes, sir, I'm a blues fan. Heartbreak's all I knew, man. That team from old St. Lou, man. Got a cup near 52, man. Give me a let's go blue. Now, the starting lineup for your Blue Notes podcast. Tom Franklin and the man called Wags. And Blues fan reacts is not here. Hello and welcome to Blue Notes, located on the best city on the Mississippi, the best in the Midwest. We've got that Stanley Cup power, too sweet to be sour. And if you're still clueless, we are talking about St. Louis. This is your home for St. Louis Blues coverage on the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm Tom Franklin. This man over here is Wags. And Wags, how you doing, bud? Oh, I'm doing great now. It's been a long couple of weeks, but I'm ready for this. I, I need to vent a little bit. And fortunately, the Blues are giving us plenty of opportunities to vent. Uh, yes, 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 they are. And uh, Blues fan uh, reacts, uh, aka Blues fan vents, is uh, not here tonight. Uh, no, he is not. Uh, just he's he hasn't given up on this team yet. Uh, he's got a family function tonight. So shout out to uh, 
uh, Mason's grandma tonight son, and hope she has a very happy birthday. And uh, it's got to be happy because she probably didn't watch the Blues game last night or the last couple of games. So, uh, yeah, that's not good. Uh, mm. By the way, uh, you you pointed out uh, during the intro that uh, we're not the only ones excited about this episode. Phil Kessel is really excited about this episode and in our intro graphic. I didn't even realize when I made that photo that, uh, yeah, he he's he looks rather uh, rather perky. That he does. I, uh, I I mean, I know you used the Coyote Ugly picture and all that, but it just, it fit perfectly. I was like, did you even have to Photoshop that? Because of all those hot dogs, he probably has a little bit extra jiggle in him. Well, yeah, I don't think he ever was a physical Adonis and, you know, he still isn't. I mean, especially when when you're in Phoenix, Arizona, man, the the Tex-Mex down there, you know, the Mexican food, it must be just top, top notch. I mean, how could you stay skinny? In Phoenix, Arizona, I I personally don't understand. We'll talk to someone from Phoenix, Arizona, this episode, by the way, who will uh, tell us. Uh, I guess maybe she'll tell us how she stays skinny in Arizona. Corey Crenshaw with uh, Sporty with Corey and Richie is joining us to give the Arizona perspective on not just Saturday night's game, but uh, also uh, just kind of the Blues Coyotes race for fourth place. That um, I don't know if if either side really wants to to win that very much um because that pretty much means we're going to get bent over a table by colorado so um let's yeah and, and, we, and we've got enough of that coming up here you know in the schedule you know in the regular season we've still got a few games with colorado to get through so just a few <laughs> just just a few we are we are absolutely not looking forward to that of course we missed one of the games with uh colorado last week uh due to uh um there's some more uh, more COVID issues. It. We're gonna yeah, miss the game. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, it, it, so COVID issues continue to be an issue. I mean, the one. I mean, Grubauer's back in, but then um, it's it. I, I, I honestly, we've had so many COVID related schedule changes. Wags, I'm confused. I don't. I mean, I, I we might be. I, I I joke that we're never ever ever gonna finish before June, and I still think that might be the case because we're one of the few teams that have games like after May 10th to make up. And I think at this point we've got two. Yeah, it's I think a after Minnesota that day, game, I think it's a Minnesota game and it'll be the Colorado yeah. game. Now the Minnesota game obviously is yeah, the Minnesota game reason, got postponed. Yeah. But yeah. still, I mean, if we go and you know, let's say Colorado's not fit to play later on this week, you may be talking two or three more games at the end of the season. We may be playing along with the Canucks until like the 16th. Yeah, that's 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 a real question at this point. Of course, we've got a few days before before the next Avalanche game on the schedule, which is Thursday, April twenty second, and then we're supposed to play them at uh, here at Enterprise Center on Saturday as well. Um, so yeah, we'll see if those games actually do happen or not. COVID is so much fun; it is so much. It's a blast. By the way, on Friday, I should be have my I should be fully immune, or I guess as as immune as one can be after getting my second shot earlier this month so um kind of it's gonna feel better but yet at the same time i realized it's like we got variants to deal with and uh we're still gonna have to be careful for a while and it's just like there's light at the end of the tunnel but it's like it's not quite it's 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 like the care like it's like running on a treadmill and there's a carrot right in front of you and you and you're trying to run for the run to the carrot and it just you can't quite reach it it and now you got Ontario and Quebec going on lockdown. It's 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 still not great, Wags. No, it really isn't. I actually get my first shot on Friday, so oh, I'll good be for you. Starting, I'll be starting my pathway to immunity here very very soon. Uh, and you just really hope it's not one of those, you know, coyote paint on the wall 
trying to get the roadrunner to run into it kind of light ah. at the end of the tunnel. Uh, and yes, I did think of that on the fly, even though we're talking about the coyote. So there you go. <laughs> that is a perfect an- analogy. So the St. Louis Blues, I guess we need to talk about them a little bit here before our guest joins us here. Corey Crenshaw with Sporty and Corey and Richie. Uh, Are we going to do what uh, we did, talk about it for like 20 minutes and then just kind of piss away the rest of the show? Oh, man. Well, <laughs> we... Look, we thankfully our show is just one period. It's the first <laughs> period, so I think we're, I think we'll be okay. Uh, now the future version of the show, which by the way we, we have been teasing an, an an announcement coming up here in the next month. It really depends, by the way, on what the Blues do because when the Blues are done, so will we for the be for the summer. We can we can say that at least right now we're going to be taking at least a few weeks off. I'm going to Hawaii in June, so um, you know I'm I need a little bit of a break from this, but. When we come back, um, there's going to be some changes, and that might be one of them. So uh, we'll 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 cross that bridge. We're we're still a ways away, um, but uh, rough week for the Blues in the past week. Of course, uh, they had the uh, game with the Minnesota Wild postponed because of the unrest over the uh, Dante Wright shooting. Um, so they got uh, two games in with the Wild. They were supposed to get three in the previous weekend. And uh, they 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 beat the snot out of the wild Friday nine to one. It was then Saturday it was three to two, and you guys started off the episode last week, and it was optimism. We're you know Jordan Bennington comes out and says we're coming, and and it, all of a sudden it looks like we're turning a corner. And it's the shades of twenty nineteen all over again, and um, it's going to be okay. It's going to be great. Then the wild game gets postponed. By the way, Ashley Jones, uh, welcome to the show. Thanks for uh, watching us uh, live here tonight. Um, and then we uh, get to experience Colorado for uh, a game Wednesday, April 14th, 4-3 to three loss. Um, just <sighs> Colorado's good. And then, it, it, and then the Arizona game yesterday where the Blues put up two goals in the first period, and it looks like, Man, we're we're, we're we are really going to turn this ship around. I mean, two nothing lead over Arizona. This is our final game against them this year. They gave us troubles earlier. We got sick of seeing them because we played them seven straight games, and I get kind of comfortable. And then the second period happens, and this is becoming an issue with the Blues, where they they, they start off hot, and then they go into the locker room. And they physically come out of the locker room wags, but it kind of feels like mentally they don't. Yeah, it almost feels like they got comfortable. They're like, yeah. hey, we're up to nothing. We we know when we jump out to a lead, we're going to win the game. I mean, yeah, they may let up a goal. I mean, I think they're still one of like one of the only teams in the league right now that has not posted a shutout on the year. And yeah. that's just that's terrible. But you also look at it and you go it's a two goal lead and the two goal lead is the worst league elite in hockey. So at some point you have to sit there and say, look, yeah, we're comfortable being up to nothing. We know when we have a lead, we can play with that. But you also have to remember it's a two goal lead and we've sucked so bad at holding yeah. those leads. God. You've got to put some fight in. And it's like Doug Armstrong has said it multiple times. Like you have to step on their throat and push. You cannot yeah. let up. And when this team faces any sort of adversity, and this is the thing that 2019, they did so well. They faced adversity in 2019 and just turned around and kicked it in its ass. Well, this yeah. year it seems like any any sort of minor setback and everything just goes out the window. I mean, you talk about that game against Colorado. They had a good first period. And then it just was like, boom, boom. And all of a sudden you're down three to one. You're like, well, fuck. Uh, what? They, <laughs> yeah, they came back, but they came back at the, way too late. And then 
you get into Saturday's game against Arizona, it's like you're up to nothing. Yes. Then the, the Coyotes score a goal, and you're like, oh, no, okay. We got to uh, – and then Keller huh, scores a goal, and it's he tied. He loves like, playing the Blues. He does. And then and then a tip in by a guy named Bunting. Like the only Bunting we want to see in St. Louis is Cardinals World Series Bunting. but <laughs> like, Or umpire Jim Bunting. Or Jim Bunting. But yeah. It seems like any little small bit of adversity this team faces this year, they crumble, and that's surprising after what we saw in 2019. Yeah, and it, and and Craig Berube used the word fragile to describe this team after Saturday night's loss, and that's scary because you know it's it's you want you want a, your your team of veterans, and this is what this team is. It, it's mostly veteran players. They're you know a lot of players that are in the prime of their careers, uh, players that you're expecting to you know. We talked a little bit about last week about who jumps up to fill the leadership you know vacuum that uh, Bo Meester and Steen left behind, but we're still kind of waiting on that. And you're you're so far into a season, you're about a month away before it ends. You're in a race, you know, to for your playoff lives, which is not where the Blues wanted to be right now. They, you know, I think a lot of people, us included, expected them to be sitting pretty around, you know, third place and and everything was okay. Uh, not the case. And Craig Berube comes out and and says his team is fragile. And I don't know if he did that as just an honest assessment of his team and how maybe maybe it's an indication they're not reacting to him very much, or maybe it's a wake-up call. Um, but as Derek points out, it sucks to not come out with anything for the past two one-goal games. And that's true. They didn't even go to overtime. So you don't even get the, the, the obligatory OT point for this, which is, which is troubling. Um, and then, yeah, as Ashley points out, the second period cool-off bit them in the butt. So... Make some sense out of this Craig Berube comment, you know, about his team being fragile. You think it's a wake up call or you think it's truly an honest assessment? I think it's truly an honest assessment. I mean, what what do we know about Craig Berube? He's he's honest to a fault. He confronts you with exactly what's on his mind. He's not going to sugarcoat or, you know, try to say something in the media that you have to interpret. He, he's coming right out and saying this team is fragile. I mean, he sat Jordan Cairo. Uh, that's something that you look at it and you go, wow, why, why is he sitting Kyra, I mean, he hasn't produced, and yeah, he's gotten into his head a little bit, but that's the Rube method. It's, hey, you're going to get sat, and look what it did for Mike Hoffman. And I'm, not exactly. saying that, I'm not saying that's exactly what happened for Mike Hoffman. I think part of it had to do with the fact that the deadline was approaching, and he was either trying to prove himself to another team or prove that he needed to stick here in St. Louis, but he's still playing well, and part of that is in part because of the benching, and you really hope Kyra takes that as well, but as far as the comments are concerned, I really think it's just him coming out and saying, look, you guys, you're not playing well. You guys are fragile-minded. You, you let adversity hit you, and you don't hit back. And I think it's just a, an honest assessment and truth, which is what Craig Berube is all about. Exactly. And you know what? I'm actually sort of relieved that we're not blaming Mike Hoffman for these issues anymore. You know, I mean, he was kind of the scapegoat for a while, and some of it was deserved. And he and Berube showed that with, as you said, he you know sat a healthy scratch Hoffman for. Uh, you know, for a little bit there. And then he comes back and he's been a house of fire. I mean, he's he, he got another point Saturday night. Um, he seems to be contributing more to the offensive rush, which is, you know, something that, you know, I feel that he he again, we've, we've talked about him ad nauseum here. He's a guy that you set up the offense around him and you prepare around him. And you just, you know, he goes and you know stands in the Ovechkin circle and, and just waits for a shot. He seems to be more involved. You know, at least at least in the attack, and I, I'm not saying that he's not he's not Wayne Gretzky with you know stick handling or puck handling or anything like that, but at least it shows that he gives a crap, yep. which we which has been a, about complaint about Hoffman. He sounded very indifferent after he got uh, 
uh, those two goals, you know, a week ago Saturday, maybe something is lit up in him. Well, because and also keep in mind, it's this is a contract year for him. I mean, he's going to be a free agent again. So, you know, all the he wants to change the narrative. At least he should want to change a narrative that, you know, he's, you know, lackadaisical or, you know, he's temperamental or he is just a one dimensional player. He wants to change that narrative before the, the season's over. Otherwise, he's not going to get that six million dollar contract that he wanted, you know, this past offseason. It's just not going to happen. Uh, so we'll see uh, see what's going on here. By the way, Kyrie was healthy scratched. Uh, that was a late announcement Saturday night. Uh, Ashley wonders. Uh, she thought that Kyrie may have had a stomach bug. That was the that was the rumor. I believe was that he was set because of a stomach bug. But I think that's more of the matter of that's that's trying to keep a guy yeah. from having too much put on him. You know, he was in my mind he was a healthy scratch. They could have yeah. said they could have said stomach bug, and, and honestly, something is going around, so it could have been a little bit of that. But I wouldn't yeah. be surprised if the plan for Barube was to have him sit on Saturday as well. Yeah, ab- absolutely. I and, and it may have been one of those situations where he could have gone. Um, but, you know, I, I mean, I don't think it's a total wake up call for Kyrie, but he's a guy that's also been kind of, you know, in and out this year. I mean, he had that hot start and then now I, I feel like the league figured him out a little bit and he's been kind of kind of. Quiet. He's been very quiet and downright hesitant. Yeah. I mean, he, it's not, he, he's not the same house of fire that he was at the start of the season. You know, he isn't that same. He, he's not the same forward that torched Alex Petrangelo, you know, on that breakaway and, and left him holding his jock strap. It, it, it's something's going on with Cairo and, 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 and he's a young player. He's still, I think he, we're, we're going to have these moments with Cairo. I think for the next couple of years, you know, he's just, he's, he's got to find his game. He's got to find his rhythm. He's got to find his consistency and, and, and uh, it'll take a while. So I'm not, I'm not too worried about him. I'm not too worried at all about him, but, um, and you know what, what else we don't have to worry about the Arizona coyotes. We're done with them. They're, they're all eight games done. You know, you know, no a miracle is going to happen. A miracle is going to happen. And we're both going to somehow make the playoffs and both win our first round matchups. And somehow or another, we're going to play the coyotes in the playoffs. You know, that's going to end up happening just to prolong our misery. So is so is the wild just going to implode and oh, yeah. you know you know just 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 could you know go winless the rest of the season because that's I the mean, only way that's it's, happening. It's Minnesota, so you know that's not out of the question. That's true. I mean, it's 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 uh, yeah. They've they've been known to choke a game or two and back dating back to the stars. I remember stars had a had some you know close calls and back in the day and they choked away. So you know what? Hey, I guess it's just tradition. But we'll see. Um, let's go ahead and you know we we, we talked about the second period issues with the Blues and. And, you know, what's ailing the Blues? Let's get the Arizona perspective from what happened Saturday night because there's always two sides to a story. And to give us that side is Corey Crenshaw of the Sporty with Corey and Richie Show. She is our Blue Notes Face-Off of the Week. It's the Blue Notes Face-Off of the Week. And that beautiful NHL 94 music means that we have a guest with us on this show, hailing from beautiful Phoenix, Arizona. It is Corey Crenshaw. Corey, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing good. Uh, probably the answer to your previous question of how everything is here and, and our side of everything is, thank God we played the Blues because it finally gave us some happiness after a very long stretch of absolute misery which is basically what happens every single time we play the Blues, considering the fact that I don't know what it is 
but uh, you guys must just hate us by now. There must just be a we, point that you guys are just done. We can't fucking stand you anymore. <laughs> that we we are we are we are at that point of 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 the relationship here. I mean, like we used. I mean, like we used to like like this time last year. I was one of the biggest, you know, Arizona Coyotes apologists. You know, it's like, hey, come on, stop picking on them. They've had a rough go of it, you know, and then, you know, rooting for you guys to beat Nashville, which I would still do that if you were to face Nashville again, because it's Nashville and screw them even worse. Um, But it's just like now it's just like after eight games and knowing that you're going to be in the central division to ruin our lives for the next, you know, decade plus, um, I'm not looking forward to it. I don't know, Wags, you're not looking forward to it either. No, no, not at all. We already have one team we loathe and despise and struggle against in Nashville. We don't need another one. No, we don't. No. And the Nashville thing is it's part geographic. They're a geographic rival. Um, their fans are just naturally bullies and they're just kind of, uh, they, they're, they're a different breed in Nashville. Let's just say that they have their, they learned hockey their own way. You know, it, it's kind of like, it's kind of like they, you know, you know how you like, if you're learning to ride a bike, let's just say, and you know, you got the training wheels and your, your, your dad or your mom's like helping you along and helping pick you up when you fall and all that stuff. Nashville didn't have that dad or mom around. They learned to ride that bike by themselves without training wheels. And this is the result. You know, you have them throwing catfish on ice and um, you have you have sister wives and trailers. It is just an absolute mess in Nashville. So that's what you got to look forward to. So just warning you in advance. They're a different breed. But let's talk about Blues Coyotes. That's why we brought you on here. And uh, we talked about how the Blues basically... They fold into a turtle in the second half. That seems to be their thing lately where they just completely say, you know what? Second period. We'll come back for the third. It's fine. Um, and it's an, it's becoming an epidemic. But from your perspective, Corey, uh, why do you think the Yotes came away with a 3-2 three to, three to two win last night? Well, I think part of it is that was the late Nicardo induction night. So that, I think, yeah. is a big deal to do with it when her whole family's there and they put her in the ring of honor and um, they really kind of needed to show up um, that night as they haven't been previously. Or God knows how many games it was now. I, I'm just blanking all that out at this point because <laughs> I'm just getting tired of all of it, uh, you know, starting with the Kings going through the Knights and Avalanche. And it just, it was just really bad stretch for the Coyotes there. So if there was ever a time for them to pull out, it was definitely against the Blues for um, her induction night. It was beautiful and with everything that it, it uh, we're all hoping it to be. But uh, it, I think also too, it's the one night that, that Keller actually shows up is against, um, his own hometown is always the time he always seems to appear. I don't know why that is, but even <laughs> on our podcast, we'd I'd even said this is if there's a game where I'm going to see the Coyotes come back and actually look like the Coyotes that we know that they can be, it's going to be in this game. And I really and I couldn't tell you why. I could not tell you why they always show up in these games. But it's the first period was very much. Uh, the way the Coyotes have been. And then when you started to see that surge towards the end of the first and then going into the second, that is how they play against the Blues. The beginning of the game was how they play against everyone else. 
couple of listener comments here. Uh, Ashley Jones also not looking forward to life with the Coyotes going forward. So it's not just us. It, it's it's everyone, basically the entire Blues fan base. Um, Derek points out that Darcy drives me crazy. Darcy Kemper. Uh, Keller drives me nuts because he's from St. Louis. Um, and I, I guess we're going to talk about that yep. here. I, uh, he also didn't appreciate Kessel's slash on Blay. Garland seems to do well against us, so that's annoying, too. I want to talk to you about Garland in a little bit, but first thing, Sir Wags, you want to talk about uh, our St. Louis boy. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you've already mentioned it. Keller seems to play so well against his hometown team in the Blues. Uh, Richie Flores, your co-host, said that if he played only against the Blues, he'd have 100 points a season easily. So we talked a little bit about the Coyotes moving to the Central. Does that make it a little bit easier for you guys to swallow knowing that Keller's going to face the Blues a lot more going forward? Um, considering the fact that how long the contract he has with us, um, yeah, I guess I would that be how I'm feeling about it because of the fact that otherwise he doesn't feel necessary. There's a lot of people on this team that don't feel necessary. I'm glad that they brought up Garland because Garland's having a great season and he has a really, really small contract. He's only at 750000 so he's he's playing way above what he's getting paid and he's definitely going to be getting a much higher payday, but that's the, the problem is uh, Keller signed for like seven years, I think is what it was. And yeah. so um, he, we're stuck with him for a long period of time. And so I, I would like to see him, you know, come into his own. He had a, a really great first year, had that traditional sophomore struggle. And then he just hasn't really come back to uh, that, that first rookie season quite yet um i don't know if he'll ever get there it, he he kind of needs more protection around him he's a smaller guy um it's it's funny in um i think it was one or two games ago um oliver ekman larson had gotten cross-checked while he was on the ground and clayton keller was the one that decided to try and fight to um you know kind of defend him and they really kind of just really showed how undersized he is so it didn't really help his cause but um I think in the long run, it's going to help him anytime he has to play blues a lot. So um, for his own career purposes anyways, because it's literally the only time he fully shows up on the ice. And uh, unless his team really changes quite a bit, I don't see him being extremely successful. Well, I mean, it looked like he was turning a bit of a corner this year. I mean, he's 13 goals, 18 assists, 45 games. Corsi 4 percentage is almost 55%, which is good. Uh, Jay's Fresh's analytics show he's two wins above replacement, which is an improvement over the minus 0.2 and minus 1 the past two seasons. But like you said, you almost feel like you need to get more around him. So can he improve this team by himself? Or, or who would you be looking at to kind of build around him to make him more productive like he was in his rookie year? Well, so that's the thing. You're either going to have to have someone who's uh, has who's larger and can give him space on the ice because once he has some space, that helps. But at the same time, if you give him a full-blown breakaway shot, he cannot score it to save his life. It is god-awful, and, and it's so quite frustrating in that sense. So um, there's going to... In, in reality, he is a very good playmaker. That's more of up his alley. That's more of the way he style he likes to play. And you can definitely tell that the way that the Coyotes are pushing him is outside of his normal um, comfortabilities. And they really needed him to step up and really be a goal scorer instead. He's he's just never going to be a Patrick Kane. That's just not how he plays, and yep. that's not who he is. And so it's it's going to honestly, I think, going to be 
he's going to need someone that's going to be a natural goal scorer on a line with him in order for him to be productive. He's going to be getting a lot more um, points in the fact of assists than I think he will ever in goals in his career. Uh, he's trying very hard. And you can tell that he's trying hard to be that goal scorer for this team. It's just you can see how unnatural it is for him. Yeah. And as much as he progresses, it's still never um, his like apex of what he can be. Honestly, Wags, he kind of reminds me a little bit of Jaden Schwartz, you know, yeah. in, in in that Schwartz is a guy that he's not a goal scorer. I think a lot of fans wanted him to be a goal scorer starting out. And uh, Keller also has the same problem Schwartz has in that he can never score on a breakaway, like ever. Like I can't, if I had a dime for every time Jaden Schwartz had a clear cut opportunity, even breakaway or maybe just like an open shot in the slot and he can't convert, I mean, I would be able to buy a house in the St. Louis area right now uh, with cash. That well, is also, add, add in the amount of times he falls down without like anybody <laughs> really around him, you would be a millionaire. Oh, God. Yeah, man. That's there is a drinking game that we need to develop here with Jaden Schwartz. And, you know, he would he would get us all in uh, all, all of our livers in trouble. Um, let's go ahead and talk about uh, players that don't drive us nuts. Um, another player that stood out to me last night and really all season long is Jacob Chikrin, the left handed defenseman. Uh, if you if you don't know who Jacob Chikrin is, that's you know, that's you're, you're going to know about him more in the years to come because you know, of course, you think of Arizona, you think of Phil Kessel, you think of Keller, you think of even Alvar Ekman Larson. Um, but Chikrin has the exact same goals and assists as Clayton Keller. 13 goals, 18 assists, and he's a defenseman. So how good, Corey, is Chikrin going to get? That's what Jacob Chikrin is. Uh, between him and Connor Garland this season, they are the saints on this team because they are kind of the saving graces. Uh uh, Richie has this whole thing going on with uh, a friend of his called Chick Norris is what they the hashtag that they started <laughs> because they wanted him in the Norris conversation a long time ago. He, uh, I've always been a proponent for um, offensive defensemen. I think they have a lot of purpose here in the NHL, and I especially think they have a lot of purpose when you put them in a three on three overtime. Um, so I really think that they are really important kind of for the future of hockey. Um, I was a big proponent of Keith Yandel on the Coyotes for a really long time. Still am. And uh, a lot of people didn't really believe me in that because of the fact that they felt like uh, his turnovers made him more costly than beneficial. But in uh, a league that's going to be focusing more on goals than anything else, that's where you're going to be wanting to have uh, have your defensemen, I think, moving. So uh, Jacob Chikrin is fitting into this league, I think, very perfectly. And he is just growing faster than anyone had ever thought he would. He's only 23 and very newly 23. He just turned, I think, last month 23. And he is starting to hit his strides really well. And he is everything that Oliver Ekman Larson should be. And the fact that he hasn't really been playing like that and he's the captain of this team and really hasn't been carrying his leadership role very well and hasn't really been performing on the ice. I'm glad that someone else on this team stepped up and kind of took his place because of the fact that Oliver Ekman Larson just really, I don't know if he has it in him anymore, especially here in Arizona, um, to do that. He kind of needed a change of scenery, but he had very small um, options that he gave the Coyotes of where he could be moved. So um, that didn't really work out, but I'm glad someone at least is taking his spot and doing that. And, and that in itself, I feel like that stat proves that 
uh, Clayton Keller isn't doing as well as you would think he was. It's better, but it's still not as good as he should be. That's understandable. Uh, while we're talking about desirable coyotes here, you meant you, you you brought up my favorite coyote at least at, at the moment. It used to be Keller, but Connor Garland. Um, let's pretend for a minute that I'm Blues GM Doug Armstrong and your Coyotes GM Bill Armstrong, and I'm calling about the availability of Connor Garland because I'm sick of seeing him. He destroys the Blues every time he faces us. He's a hell of a player. And I think there were some whispers that, you know, they were taking calls on Garland at the deadline. I don't know how legit they were or not, but of course, got my mind rolling here. I adore Garland. He plays a uh, he he plays a scrappy game. I know that would get fans to like him here. So do you ever see Garland leaving Arizona? And if so, what's it going to take? What what are we going to have to give up to, to, to get Connor Garland in a blue note? It's going to take a lot to try and fill back up his pipeline. So obviously this team is really, really missing a lot when it comes to what Chaika left us with because of basically um, lost all of those draft picks and, you know, a bunch of fines on a team that was already financially hurting and literally just left the team high and dry. He now has been suspended since then. So um, it, it, but it doesn't really fill the hole that he like left. So it would really have to be filling that pipeline because of the fact that this team, as it sits right now, they can't rebuild this team from um, from draft picks because of the fact that they just don't have any uh, that are low enough to really make a difference. And um, so they would have to be picking throughout the NHL right now and really kind of dumping some players that they would like to not really dump. And, and I think Connor Garland is one of them because he... Yeah. It's funny, I had gotten kind of heated on the podcast um, a couple weeks ago when we were playing this. Um, I can't remember who was quoted, but someone was quoted saying that he, that Connor Garland was a dirty player because he had tabletopped <laughs> someone during the, the Knights game. And, and uh, I was Mark like, Stone, and we loved it. We loved that hit we, on Mark Stone. That's why we, that, that's one reason we love him. And I was like, you, you've got to be fucking high to think that he is a, <laughs> a, dirty player he is literally just the only player on this team with actual grit once bunting came up he he's given this team a little bit more grit on that um which is it was nice but he's the only one you're getting to see that excitement and that drive really out of so um losing that i think would be detrimental to this team and i would rather not see him go however i could see if there was a lot on the table to try and fill that pipeline and fill some like really desperately needed spots on this team. I can see them doing it for the fact that, um, you know, he is deserved a large pay raise, but I just think he should stay here and they should figure out how to make money up with the fact of all of the people that aren't really putting in the effort on the ice that he is. And of course, yeah, of course, I, I'm just jumping real quick. No, you you know, of course, you have to you have to repair that pipeline partly because of the assets he gave up in the Taylor Hall trade. Which, thank God, he went to Boston because the Blues were in on 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 Taylor Hall for some stupid reason, and uh, Taylor decided he wanted to be a Boston Bruin. And all the power to him. Thank God, because he that means he's not a St. Louis Blue. Thank God for that. We were not down with Taylor I can't Hall. Say he did anything here. Like, I really can't say that it, it helped whatsoever. It really, outside of it, made everyone else get lazy. Yeah. So, he, he he had one good year, the Hart Trophy year, a couple decent ones surrounding it. But 
he he's never led his team to glory. He's never been the reason a team, you know, went to the playoffs. I mean, he's just he's he's an okay player. He but he gets he's just one of the most overhyped players in the NHL. And, you know, as far as the pipeline thing goes and Wags, I think you'd agree with me on this. Um, as far as like, you know, a hypothetical trade for Garland, you know, unless you really need goaltending, which you guys don't. Um, I don't think we have much to offer them Wags in a, in a Garland deal because our, our pipeline is pretty barren. Yeah, it almost feels like we're in that same boat in a sense where we kind of have to restock our cupboard as well. We, we've got some defensive prospects. We've got some goaltending prospects. But the one thing that this team needs, offense, they just don't yeah. seem to have. And you were talking a little bit about some of the guys that have kind of struggled on this team. You got the Seattle draft coming up in, in a couple of months. Are you looking at possibly, and I don't know how, who has no movement clause and all that stuff, but who's the, the one guy that you're like, we were Justin Falk last year, this year, we don't know <laughs> who don't we want to give Justin up, Falk. but like, who is the one guy on that team that you could sit there and say, man, if we really exposed him and maybe kind of upped his game a little bit, we would want Seattle to take him. Is it a Neckman Larson? Is it a, is it a Clayton Keller with that contract? I mean, who is the guy that you're looking at? I would be fine with either of them. Honestly, there's actually less people we would like to keep than people that we wouldn't mind going away at this point. <laughs> We're getting a little bit ruthless. Like there's Man. a very small list of people. Um, I, as we've said before, it's basically kind of um, a Garland Dvorak. I'm trying to remember who our third person was at this point. And, and, and Chikrin. Chikrin. Those are our three. Uh, obviously Chikrin. So, those are were kind of our three that we were like, oh no, we we need to keep these three. Everyone else, it's like kind of fire sale at wow. this point. Yeah. Um, even Auntie Ranta has been injured so often. If we have, you know, four goaltenders that are capable, uh Prosnetta is is a little bit on the weaker side, but Hill is pretty decent. And then, you know, you guys got to see Darcy Kemper his first time back in like forever. So um we have some goaltenders that Auntie Ranta can also go with his injuries somewhere else as well. So we're kind of at the point where there's a very small amount that we actually want to keep. Which is crazy because we are also going for the playoffs, you know, just like we are. And it's crazy to hear that about, about a potential playoff team. But I just had a question. I want to jump in real quick here. You're talking about players that he could be protecting. Uh, Aiden Hill, uh, just from, from, from the looks of it, has done pretty well, you know, uh, you know, filling in whenever Ronta's been hurt and Kemper's been hurt, which has, you know, both have been hurt, you know, a fair bit. Is there a chance that the Coyotes protect him over Kemper and Ronta? Because you mentioned Ronta might be on the way out. I mean, would uh, is is Kemper getting too hurt for your liking? I don't, that's a very interesting question, honestly. That's uh, that is the, that is the question. I feel like because of the fact that uh, this is the second season that Kemper's been injured like this. It's, it happened midway through last season. It was like December seventeenth about. They're playing uh, Minnesota and, um, you know, how he feels about Minnesota. Um, he was completely getting worked in that game, should have been pulled way earlier and injured. And he was out for the rest of that season. Luckily, he was able to come back because of COVID and that whole bubble situation. But um, he has also been getting injured very, very often. And uh, Aiden Hill came in and played like 10 games in a row before they put uh, Prosnetsova in. So it he is able to hold his own for sure but um it's hard you need to have a goaltender that is like at the caliber of darcy Kimber 
to be able to fill the holes that this defense has been allowing for many games now. So it's very hard. That's a very interesting question. I'm not sure what I would do in the situation. I think Hill is definitely uh, the future in that sense, but I, I still feel like there is a need for Darcy Kemper at the moment. By the way, at least uh, Kemper has not Ben Bishop, uh, who I think is at this point is being held up by ABC gum and, and scotch tape. <laughs> um, by the way, you've got a, a bit of a fan a fan club going here, uh, Corey. Uh, uh, a one Richard Flores says, man, Corey is always so right. Thank you. Thank you, Richard. I appreciate that. I hear you make amazing alcoholic milkshakes as well. Ooh, man. Uh, yeah. Did you see the pictures of those? I did not. Oh my had, goodness, man! I wish you could have gotten him on the show, man. I mean, I, I I need some of those in my life right about now. Life yeah, is stressful. Was, but you, you started walking. You started walking. You don't need an alcoholic milkshake. Yes, yes. I'm well, but you know, like protein afterwards. Oh, you know, okay. you know. Yeah, it's for the protein. It's for the protein. It's for the recovery. <laughs> oh on. boy. Oh boy. All right. Well, you, you, Help you, bas- you basically described the fact that the Coyotes and Blues essentially might be the same team. And, you know, goaltending, Arizona's got defensive issues on both sides, scoring issues on both sides. We have players and that drive us nuts. Exactly. I mean, it's it's unbelievable how similar they are. And, and lo and behold, they're oh, in the absolutely. same – they're in the race for the fourth spot in the West Division. Basically the right to get absolutely clapped by Colorado. Uh, we talked on Twitter <laughs> about this earlier in the season, and, and neither one of our shows seems particularly interested in winning that fourth seed. Yes, it's the playoffs, and you want to get in, and if you get in, anything can happen. But has that changed in your mindset for you or Arizona fans that, hey, even if it's the fourth spot and we may get blown out by Colorado, it's still the playoffs we want to get in? Uh, I mean, it's always nice to get into the playoffs. And, I mean, the, the reason why no one got moved at the deadline is because they, they claim that there is a, they've earned the right to try and get into the playoffs. So, I mean, you know – more power to them, I guess. I don't know. It's just, it's going to be the same thing of where they get in and then Colorado just annihilates them. And then we're back in the same place. I feel like we were last season. I feel like nothing has changed, Um, uh, which is basically what we were trying to say going into the season. Like this is going to be very, very, very similar in that regard. And it's funny because uh, you know, my back and forth with uh, Vegas with the fact that they thought that we were going to be at the very bottom of the league because of the fact that we lost Taylor Hall and they thought Taylor Hall contributed for, I don't know why. And, um, and so they thought that this team was going to be horrible without him. And we were like, Oh, they're going to basically the same team we saw for. And that's basically what we've seen here is there's nothing really that's advanced about this team. And there's nothing that's really gone to shit about this team either. So it's, it, I don't know. They can get into the playoffs for shits and grins, but it's not going to be anything that's going to be too exciting, other than the fact that they can put on there that they made it to the playoffs. Another well, weird one. Armstrong sounds like the other two. They, they, earn, say, they earn the rights. This is another mirror, mirror on the wall moment because the Coyotes don't make a trade at the deadline because they think they've earned a right to go into the playoffs. The Blues don't make a trade at the deadline because, well. It's a little more complicated. It's partly they've earned the right to go into the playoffs, partly because Robert Thomas is hurt. So we better keep that Hoffman guy around for a little while longer. Um, and then, of course, as as Wax mentions, we both have GMs named Armstrong. Uh, it, it is just it, it is. It, I I feel like well, we took we're, ours we're, from you anyway. So 
That's true. That is true. So there, there we go. And then you have, and then you have the pride of Swansea, Illinois, Clayton Keller on your team as well. So it just, just, just the good vibes just keep rolling here. Um, the Blab, the Avalanche. We talked about them. They had a six-two and record against the Oats this season, and that series is is officially done. And boy, how I wish the Blues were done with them too, but we're not because. Thanks, NHL schedule makers. You're the best. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so your schedule Canadian, sucks when ours. It, it, it really does. You know, and, and, and not only that, the, the way they did it, I mean, we we got through, we basically had nothing but California teams, essentially, it felt like for the first few months. And I, I got I got kind of sick of seeing them, you know, I mean, like, you know, it, it was like it was like and, and and not only that, but of course, because it's blues hockey, they weren't the automatic wins that we thought they would be. Yep. So, you know, that was also an issue. Um, but um, yeah, I know that feeling, too. Yeah. So I, I, I want to say I, we'll, we'll make our guesses here after I ask this, but uh, say the Coyotes get into get that four seed and they're they're going up against Colorado. How many wins do you think the uh, Coyotes could get against Colorado? One, maybe two. Okay, I I have us. If the, if it's the Blues in Colorado, I they I think the Blues have it in them to get the game six. More likely game five. I think uh, I'm not optimistic. Wags, uh, be are you the optimist among us? Uh, a week ago, I would have been. I really, really would have been. But I, I think I, you're. I'm in the same boat as you. With maybe five, they could probably push it to six. They just. Once again, like we talked about in the open, they get any form of adversity against them and they fold. And I, I feel like they, they may get a win. And you know what it really reminds me of? And I, I can't believe I'm going to bring this up, but it reminds me of 96 against the Red Wings where they, they could probably play and beat this team, but there's just got a little bit of a hold over them that one thing goes wrong and it just all falls apart. Yeah, it, it's a it's a real real problem, and as Craig Ruby said, this team is fragile, and so they can they could they could rise up like the phoenix out of the ashes, or they can just completely fold like a lawn chair. It is, it, I mean, this is I really I predicting where the Blues end up, Wags. I mean, it, it, it is a challenge in of itself. It is it is basically I feel like you have to be a rocket scientist, you know, and understand quantum physics to know where the Blues are going to end up because I have no freaking idea. I, I really just want one. I just want one of Tony Stark's uh, time travel suits, so I can just go back in time to 2019 and just be like, "Okay, I'm good." Yeah, you know, you take the suit. I'll take the DeLorean. You know, and 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 go back to back to that time when we didn't have COVID. COVID wasn't a worry, and we had a full Market Street and the Stanley Cup parade, which I missed that day, by the way, because I was a little under the weather, and I regret it. Everyone reminds me of that. So I was driving back from Alabama, so I uh, I also missed it. Good, good times, good times. Yeah, in fact, in fact, in fact, you weren't still in Alabama when the Blues won the Cup as well, too. Gulf yeah. Shores. Yeah, we were in Gulf Shores, and we found the one place that actually had the Stanley Cup on, and it just so happened to be a Hooters, and it just so happened that every Blues fan in Gulf Shores found that Hooters, and we got to celebrate with every fan, every Blues fan down in uh, uh, Gulf Shores, Alabama. It was pretty, pretty nice. And you know what else? You know what else? Back in 2019, we didn't have to talk about what? is the fact that. Ads were not going to be on jerseys. Uh, we're going to talk about this after the interview is over, but we, we kind of wanted to get your opinion on the report that ads could start appearing on NHL jerseys in the 22-23 season. Are you pro or against ads on hockey equipment? So uh, I've it's funny. I've I actually we've actually had a conversation a couple times because of the fact that everyone started losing their damn minds over the helmets yeah. in the beginning there. Yeah. 
so they were going fucking nuts over. Oh, and naming the divisions, you know, us uh, as the the Honda West division. Um, which I still even didn't even remember it for the longest time. I was like, I kept on having that. Like, yeah, I was like, what's our division again? And yeah. um, honestly, I could I could care less. You know, I don't think we're gonna get into a point where it's like soccer, where you know, they're the the name of their sponsor is the name of their team. I don't think they'll be at that point. But I mean, in right. In the in a world stage, uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> soccer is like the biggest sport out there, and people have ads all over the place, and no one really cares. So that's why I just feel like with if you know if it means that the NHL gets more money and the sport can grow, then I'm here for it because I would rather them not have to struggle post COVID like basically everyone is, and yeah. you know. It's and I'm, I'm sure hasn't already and, done it. I just feel like uh Go ahead. Yeah, no, so um and that's all they haven't done it and I feel like the reason why hockey fans are struggling with this is uh, hockey in itself is more of a, a traditionalist in fans in the fact that they always have to have everything kind of the way it always used to be and change to them is nothing that they ever like yeah that's and that's and that's true and 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 of course you know just people dealing with change in general sometimes can be you know that can be a challenge in of itself and then as you said you know nhl's a bit traditionalist in that regard although as as derek points out i mean uh the the khl jerseys um i think they look okay i mean they've i have some khl jerseys in my closet they're uh they're not too obscene, you know, compared to like, you know, the Finnish league, like it looks like NASCAR drivers on ice, essentially, which is that's, that's been the case for a long time. I mean, there's like you, you, there's so many ads on Finnish league jerseys that like you can almost barely see what color jersey it is, you know, just because they're just they're, they're blocking all the all the color and, and unique, uniqueness out of it. So, uh, I mean, I thought they I thought the helmet ads were pretty tasteful. You know, they haven't been a distraction or anything like that. And, you know, it, it, it gets like, you know, for the blues, like, you know, it'll get Enterprise's logo on TV for, you know, a few seconds, which is that's fine by Enterprise, but it's not like in your face. So I'm sure the NHL will do something like that. And they're not going to do like, uh, you know, the Man U jersey where, you know, all of a sudden the crest is being replaced by a Chevrolet logo or anything like that. I don't think they'll go that far. And if they do, that's the end of my hockey jersey collecting done i will not i will not buy one of those jerseys just flat out flat out uh the sport's too classy for that i don't think they'll ever get to that point i agree i agree i agree with that and you've been a very classy guest and i want to thank you for being on blue notes uh uh what do you got coming up this week uh we will be talking about the game and uh leighton ricardo's induction into um the ring of honor and so it will we'll try to not get emotional like richie almost got a little emotional last time so uh we'll try and keep things um a little bit more upbeat because the coyotes haven't won a game in god knows how long so it's very nice to uh, at least have win under our belt whether it is uh basically us doing the same thing we always do as in being the like annoying little brother and always having to try and pick on you guys so um it that's basically what we'll be up to and we'll probably talk about the uh the milkshake that we made because you know it's too big to not talk about that on the pod all right. Well, hopefully the milkshake bring, milkshake brings all the listeners to the yard. And uh, <laughs> where? And by the way, where can they find you? 
They can find us everywhere at, oh, except for, so I guess on, on everything else at, at Corey Ritchie Show, and then on Twitter at Corey underscore Ritchie Show. I don't know why we did that. Um, and then um, you can find me at, at Corey Nicole Two E's, and you can find Richie at R Flores ninety one. All right, Corey Crenshaw with the Sporty with Corey and Richie Show. I want to thank you for joining Blue Notes, and uh, I'm going to go ahead and run your promo uh, just just so people get an idea of what they can expect from you and uh, Richie. And just uh, again, thanks for being a part of the show. Thank you for having me on. I'm Corey Crenshaw. I'm Richie Suave Flores. And this is Sporty with Corey and Richie Suave. On the Hockey Podcast Network. What did I just listen to? Oh, this game. This game is this game is just bullshit now. Oh my gosh. I actually they actually make me feel uncomfortable. What was it? Panty what? The game has gone to bullshit. Panty melted? Why do we record these during the middle of games? Oh, God. Be sure to listen to Corey and I every Monday. We are your go-to source for the Arizona Coyotes on the Hockey Podcast Network. And they are your go-to source for alcoholic milkshakes as well. I'm going to definitely check that out when that episode comes out on Monday because I need that in my life for sure. So, uh, Corey Crenshaw, of course, one of our favorite guests here with the Hockey Podcast Network, and uh, thankfully she didn't rub, she didn't rub it in our faces, you know that that the, you know over yesterday's game. So that's good. That's good. Oh, they're they're a classy group over there, and and I'll, I'll be perfectly honest: if the Blues don't make the playoffs and the Coyotes do, I kind of hope they have the same little magic that we had with Layla, and they yeah. have that magic with Layton, and they go on a yeah. huge run and, and lift the cup. Because as much as we hate them. They really are like an annoying little brother that has grown up and become successful. And yeah. you may hate him because he might be better than you, but you still love him and you still want to support him if, if you can. So it's going to be fun to play him next year. But uh, if the Blues miss the playoffs and they make it, I, I will be rooting for Arizona for sure. But, but but the weird thing is, is that they're that little brother that has like no self-esteem and yeah. wants to get rid of everyone to Seattle. So it's, yeah. it's, it's great. Like when, 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 when someone comes on the show and says, I only want to keep three people. <laughs> Uh, you know, and the rest can fuck off. You know, that's pretty ew, for a playoff uh, potential team too. It's a playoffs. We're talking about playoffs. Crazy, crazy, unreal. So, so yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens for the rest of the season. And uh, who knows? As you said, you know, the the Coyotes had some magic last year in the playoffs yeah. with uh, the Predators. So maybe they can find some with Colorado. Uh, so getting back to our chat on ads on jerseys here. So, um. That's it. They're looking to do this in the 2022-23 season. Um, I, I I think it would hurt my interest. Like you know, because of course, as you know, I'm a hockey jersey collector. Yep. It would hurt my interest in getting jerseys. I think I'm not alone in that regard. In fact, I know I will. Um, Derek points out that he might stop adding to his game used jersey collection if we stick ads on them, and that's gonna be the big thing, Wags, because it's like. Do you d- just do the ads like for the game worn jerseys and then like at the retail you still, you know, you have like, I guess the pristine jerseys. Um, what do you think about this whole thing? I mean, I think if you're talking purely about retail versus game used, I think it, it they they have to just do it game used yeah. because you will lose people because not everybody is supportive of the, the ads that they're promoting. You know, some people are not going to wait. Some people don't wear this man you jersey because of chevrolet on the front yeah a lot of them don't wear it because of the man you crest but you know it's a whole different story and then city sc you know they have purina on their crest i mean yeah. they may not they may be against purina for how they test food or how they you know test food to dogs or something i don't know there's probably a few reasons to not like purina 
Exactly. So, I mean, it's soccer and hockey are, are obviously different. I think the smart thing, and I think the NHL will probably go that route, is you know just the ads on the, the game used jerseys and everything else still stay pristine because they are a puristic kind of league. For yeah. me personally, it, it, it really just comes down to the tastefulness of it. I, I mean, you see that the helmets have been good. I, I was mm-hmm. I was okay with the helmets well before they even showed me what they were going to look like because I, I, you know, we've seen, you know, little tags on it. We've seen decals. You don't really notice it unless it's a close up anyway. Exactly. So if they go that same kind of direction with the, with the ads the patches, you know, you see the patches. Yeah. The blues have the Stanley cup logo patch on theirs and it's still not like super visible. You see it there, but it's not super distinct. It's not gaudy or overwhelming you think you see things like the all-star patches on some things you see other patches on these jerseys they don't ruin the pristine look of it now if they start going toward the finish elite league or things like that where it's like patch 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 logo then i start to get a little a little weird and yeah there, there's another great example by Derek: the adidas patch on hockey fights cancer jerseys you see it if you see a close up, it's there. You recognize it. You go, oh, okay, that's that's cool. But when they're yeah. flying around on the ice, it's not the first thing that enters your mind. It's not a, oh my, they've got a patch on the back of their jersey. I think if they go that route, it's going to be fine. It's it's for the yeah. close ups, it's stoppages in play, for, for people in the stands and for people on TV to see it. If it brings extra money into the league and continues to get them more exposure, I'm just like Corey in this. I think it's an okay thing. It's when it starts to go overboard that I think I'll probably pull off as well. Yeah, tastefully done. Like the helmets have not been an issue at all. I mean, I mean, I you, you don't really notice them at all. I mean, especially during the course of play. I mean, you're you're not going to see the Enterprise logo or the Stiefel logo on the Blues helmets. I mean, you know, if you do, then you probably got like a 150 inch TV. And uh, we, I, can I come over? Can I come over yeah, and watch Blues games at your house? I mean, for real. Um, but yeah, like like if they do like as Derek said with the under the neck behind, I think that's fine. Even if they did like a little like underneath like the you know where the where the blue shoulder is like on the road jerseys you know like right right underneath you know I mean I think that'd probably be okay if they do like a big thing like you know it's like a like 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 your Chevrolet uh, jersey size thing like oh, on yeah. the back or on the front that's when you're kind of infringing into okay now you're starting to uh, take away from the character of the team of the jersey and you're you're basically just saying hey we're for sale yeah you know which which is which is not the way to do it I mean. I, I I bring up the ECHL lots uh, on this podcast. I mean, for one, I love my Fort Wayne Comets, and I still do. But if you go to a, a Fort Wayne Comets game at the uh, War Memorial, which is just like idyllic minor league hockey stadium, the War Memorial, um, you know, you, you go in there and you look at the ice, and it's just like you can barely see the ice because there's ads, ads, ads on the ice, you know, and it and it's just it. It's I've I've taken pictures there and a few people have commented. It's like, hey, where's the ice? All I see is advertisements. You know, that's where you don't want the NHL going to. Now, minor leagues, I think minor leagues can get away with it just simply because the um, the line between profit and deficit for those teams is a lot finer. You know, I mean, there's 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 not a lot of money in minor league hockey, especially at the ECHL le- uh, level. Um, for a good perspective on that, by the, uh, by the way. Uh, the athletics, uh, I think Scott Burnside, the, this or well, Scott Wheeler, one of the Scots, um, spent four days with the Brampton Beast of the ECHL, who are rest in peace, no longer with us. Uh, it's called the article is called In One, My Time with the Brampton Beast. Look that article up. It's one of my favorite pieces of hockey writing ever. 
And it just details the hard scrabble life of, of a minor league team like that. So you can kind of see, and, and they have, they have ads on their jerseys as well. I mean, like they're not, but they're kind of like the patches. They're not like the giants, you know, finish league, you know, consume your entire Jersey, you know, advertisements, but you can kind of understand that. I think the NHL is doing a little bit better than the minor leagues. So I don't oh, yeah. think they're, they're, they're that desperate. Although, you know, to kind of further Corey's point, though, I mean, you want to see the league doing well, obviously. And I think both Arizona, I was, I was going to mention this to Corey, and it just didn't have the opportunity. I think the Blues and Coyotes are both in agreement as well that they would like to see the cap go up from 81 million, you know, because we have we have reasons to need a little bit of cap breathing room here. Uh, so that's another reason, I guess. So I guess I guess in the end, if they do it tastefully, if they do it right, um, I think it's okay. I'm not, I, I mean, it's, look, you're not, you're, the days of, you know, like the, if you watch a game in the 60s, you know, like 1967 Blues, for instance, they didn't have, they didn't have any ads on the ice, on the boards, but those days are gone. The, the times are different, times change, teams need money, players are making more money, you know, than, I mean, Bob Plager, I mean, he didn't, I don't think he made a million dollars in his career. And yet you have guys like Clayton Keller who are making seven and a half million just this year alone, you know, and Plager was a better player than, than Keller. So, well, and you also uh, see, I mean, you talk about ads on ice. It's not so much that they have them on ice at the arena. It's when you start to see them on the ice on TV, when you start to see them superimposed on the glass, you know, of, of television games, the fact that they have even tested, you know, boards that are on TV, you can superimpose ads on that and change them up throughout the the game. Now I get, like I get all of that. I understand it. It's, and yet it's, it is in the NHL. It still is kind of tastefully done in a sense. Like you notice it, but it doesn't impede your vision of the game of itself. But when it starts to, when it starts to impede it, that's when things go wrong. And we, we talked a little bit about the fact that they named, they, you know, they sold out the names of the divisions as well. Like Corey said, how many of us actually remember what the four divisions are actually called? Exactly. I mean, you've got the Honda West. I don't even remember the the other the, three. The, what like the like the Mitsubishi South or the <laughs> or, or or the Yugo East or the uh, the, Pinto, uh, the Pinto North or something? The Daewoo North. I I, I don't know. I mean, I and and that didn't take off, obviously. And you know, and, and sometimes I think you know. If, if, if there's one thing we learned is that sponsoring division names probably don't work yeah. and maybe you don't see those advertisers go back next year and sponsor the you know divisions as they are normally because hey it didn't work and it, and it may have just been a one-time thing too it's you know you knew that you weren't going to be bringing like in the revenue yeah i mean you're not bringing in the it, revenue that you normally would so what can you do to bring in that revenue you're losing with something that may not even go past this year anyway so it was a smart yeah. move on the nhl's part it didn't endear themselves to their fans a lot, but once again, how many people really are stopping to watch, stopping watching hockey because they named a division the Honda West Division? Exactly, and and, and you know there's there some people you know that when the reverse retro jerseys came out, I mean people, a lot of people Not saw through names. it. Well, yeah, some people saw through it and said, "Oh, this is just a cash grab by NHL." Well, yeah, they they need money. They have they 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 went economically stagnant, you know, for you know nine months last year because of the pandemic. So, uh, and and yes, it did not stop me from buying reverse retro jerseys. I bought too many of them, but uh, anyway, uh, we're, but, but it's gonna be fine, guys. It's not gonna destroy the game. It's not. It, it's it's it is what it is, and. 
Um, like like Derek, you know, pointed out that you know you you still would have uh, space for shoulder patches, promotional patches. It, it's when done right. I think I, I think the NHL will, will do it right because. Uh, Mark it down. Seven thirty six p.m. Four eighteen twenty twenty one. Tom says it will <sighs> all be okay. We're, we're we're totally gonna get like. You know, advertisements that just consume the entire jersey, aren't we? I mean, Probably. like, 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 like the Blues are going to come out one night in like a Ronald McDonald, you know, jersey. You know, they don't have to use the reverse retros anymore this year. <laughs> That's true. May as, well, may, may as well just put a big old. I don't, I don't have. Uh, I have a puck up here. May as well just put like, a big old M logo on it. You know, like, I mean, you're you're halfway there at this point. All right, so so now on to kind of our, our final topic of the episode here, and uh, today was the uh, Bobby Plager uh, celebration of life, and uh, I am wearing my uh, Bobby Plager shirt, which you can get from the STL Authentics, uh, number five in your program, number one in your heart. There's a bigger version on the back, and um, I had a chance to uh, watch a little bit of it today. Of course, they had the funeral for Bobby Plager today. Uh, that's private. And then they had Visitation Enterprise Center on Friday. Uh, today, I, I thought I thought today's celebration of life was very well done. They they streamed it on their social media pages at a lot of great moments in there. Charles Glenn, you know, a couple of songs there to kind of break up the guests. Always nice to hear from him. Uh, Mike Caruso, the VP of Media Relations, who's been with the team since 1988, had a great speech about Bobby. Chris Kerber, great as usual. Um, Rob Ramage coming on and speaking and talking about how much of an honor it was to wear number five as a blue. And then Jackman coming on, you know, the other number five after uh, Plager retired. Um, you know, Plager gave Jackman the number five to wear, essentially. Um, and they also showed video of Tom Stillman announcing that Plager's number was being retired from a few years back. And his first words were to thank Jackman for living up to the number. After Tom Stillman said, hey, your number's being retired... You know, he didn't talk about, well, I've, I've had a great career. It's been, you know, a great honor. You know, he, he, he went back to talking about Jackman, you know, and, and for thanking him for living up to the number. Just an incredibly selfless man. And I thought uh, the send-off was worthy of, uh, of a man like Bobby Plager. It, it really was. And, you know, it's just it's so sad that it had to happen in this time frame where the amount of people that could have paid respect – we're not really able to. Um, yeah, you know, I was. I don't. I don't know if you got a chance to go down to visitation on Friday or not. I. I was unable to. I really wanted to go, but uh, unable to make it. But just the the fact that the Blues were able to give people a chance to see that and experience that and to say one final goodbye to Bobby was amazing. And yeah, today the the celebration of life. I mean, that's really what it came down to. I mean, Bobby would not have wanted us to be sad. He would want no. he would have wanted us to laugh and to remember the good times and to be as selfish as he was. I mean, like you said, just the fact that when he found out his number was retired, it was more of a matter of saying thank you, Barrett, for living up to what that number means before he even considered what it meant to him. I mean, I think I, I think he knew what it meant to him, but he was not going to put that out there. That's not who he was. He was he was very very just a, like you said a selfless man. And Caruso's story too about you know just the fact that he would hold court after games till about 11 or 12 and then go back to Bobby's place to hold court there and then just come back over and do it all again. <laughs> I mean, that, that just tells you how much of a personal person he was. You know, I, I got a chance to get his autograph well back, way back in the day uh, when I was an early teenager, didn't really get a chance to like experience Bobby Plager, but just getting a chance to have him sign my Jersey 
you could just tell what kind of a man he was. He had the smile on his face and I, I just, it, it makes me sit back and go, I got to take advantage of every opportunity I get to meet and, and spend time with any of these people, whether they're legends yeah. or just basic people spend those t- spend the time with them because you never know how long you're going to have them and you never know until they're gone what those experiences actually meant to you absolutely and you know it, it just my i never really had a true like personal experience with bobby plager like so like like when when he'd passed away uh on this on this very podcast uh you know people talked about their encounters with bobby plager and you know, I know there were there were times just running into him at Enterprise Center, you know, in the press box area where I, you know, thought about saying hello, but I didn't want to like interrupt his thinking or whatever. You know, you, you, you kind of wish that you can go back and like actually say hello, you know, yeah. to him, you know, and, and maybe strike up a conversation. I mean, because he he was a you know just just a wonderful man and always willing to you know talk you know blues hockey and uh, with 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 anyone. I mean, really, I mean, he did he did not discriminate. He was he was that passionate about his team. And, um, you know, it was it was nice to, you know, hear the stories of how, you know, he impacted guys like Jackman and Ramage and Caruso and and all those. And uh, I, I like Chaser's story, by the way, you know, we we're talking about how, you know, he used to hold court after games. Um, did you hear his uh, Chaser story about uh, um, the bar brawl? You know, I, I have guess, not. Um, so basically, the, the, the and I'm paraphrasing here, but but Chaser was talking about how um his his rookie year, uh, he was sent to Peoria, um, and Tony Twist joined him not long after that. He was at, Twist made the team, and then he he went back down a couple weeks into the season. And Twist was pissed off about that. You know, you you, you know you, you don't want to anger a guy like Tony Twist because you know he's he. I mean, for one, the guy was you know a, a amateur boxer growing up, and I've actually shaken Tony Twist's hand when he had his bar in Imperial, Missouri, and he's got some freaking meat hooks. I mean, just like, oh, my, I mean, canned hams. And um, so he's he's down in Peoria with Chase. Chase picks him up from the airport, and they're going to go to a bar with a couple blues players to kind of get Twist, you know, assimilated with the team. And Chase um, is going to Parallel Park outside the bar, and uh, he's waiting for the guy to leave his spot. And this motorcycle comes in and just swoops in and takes the spot. And so Chase parks and there he, he parks out behind the bar, I guess. And Twist walks all the way around and like shoves the motorcycle over, you know, right outside the bar. And he described a fracas that happened right after that, you know, with multiple blues players. And a few of them went to jail. Even, you know, but just just for a few hours, they got bailed out and then they were right back at the bar, you know, that night. Um, But one of the players narked out um, the team to Bobby Plager, who was coaching Peoria at the time. And the next day, Bobby made all the players involved, like do, you know, like just wind sprints across, you know, across the ice, you know, for about an hour. And he says, next time this happens, don't tell me because. (laughs) Because I ha- then I have to explain it to the pro club in St. Louis what happened. If you don't tell me it, then I can just wave it off as a rumor. You know, that's just that is old school hockey psychology right there. And we won't and we uh, we won't get a lot of guys like Plager like that anymore. So as always, number five in the program, number one in the hearts. And I'm wearing my hat backwards like this just because he is. 
an original 1967 blue. So you got to love him. Uh, by the way, uh, we are uh, getting invaded right now. Special uh, guest alert! Special guest alert! Special guest alert! I don't, I don't have a video set up for him though. Ah. Oh man! So I come back you know, next week. Whoa! Here's Mason Blue Flan. Okay, reacts. okay. I can, I can tell when I'm not wanted. I can tell. No, no, I just wasn't well, prepared. He even dressed up, even dressed up I mean, for us too. Look at I that! Just, I dressed up for Grandma's birthday dinner. I didn't dress up for you. Oh well, you know I'm I, I appreciate it. You know, I appreciate you didn't throw on a jersey over that uh, magnificent outfit why you got there. Why I put on a jersey right now? Explain to me. Uh, where's my motivation uh, for doing that? Ah uh, man, well we Last just had to games start. don't warrant a jersey, buddy. We, you know how much courage it took us to start the episode to talk talking about the game last night. I mean, a lot it took more a lot. A lot more than yeah. that. Exactly. A lot of well, adult encouragement. Well, thankfully, Corey Crenshaw from uh, Sporty with Corey and Richie came on to do a lot of the talking for us. So that's nice. God bless her. God bless her. So we're, we're, we're talking about that. We're talking about ads on jerseys. Did you see this report that the NHL is going to start putting ads on jerseys starting the 2022-23 season? Yeah. What the fuck did I tell you guys? What did I say? I said that first it's the helmets. It's going to be the jerseys next. And everyone's like, no, no. NHL would never do that. Yeah. Look yeah. who knows what he's talking about every once in a while, huh? But but our point, you know, here's the thing with the helmet ads. They're really innocuous and they really like they, they don't take away from the game at all. Like right. unless unless you have like as I said, like unless you have like some insane one hundred and fifty foot TV, you know, during the course of play, you don't see them, you don't notice them. Right. Um, well that wasn't the issue. The issue yeah. the issue wasn't the ads will be visible. The issue is they they're they're gonna do helmets. What makes you think they're not gonna do jerseys? That's the issue. It's it's a snowball effect. Well, they they, they do it in, in other leagues. The KHL has ads on their jerseys. The Finnish leagues are just ridiculous in how much ad space they they have on their Jeez. jerseys. You can barely see Sell the color ads. of the jerseys. Terrible. Minor leagues have jer- uh, ads on their jerseys. And, you mm-hmm. know, as I explained, you can kind of understand the minor leagues because the difference between profit mm-hmm. and deficit is so thin with minor league yeah. teams, whereas NHL, I mean, you like to think they're doing well enough to not need to put ads on jerseys but um i'm i Corey made this point and i kind of agree you know you want to see the league do well and you might want to see the cap go up in the next couple of years because it's still going to be 81 million next year because mm-hmm. of you know covid reasons so i mean th- 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 there's one aspect of you know you want the league to do well and there's also the aspect of but they got to do it tastefully mm-hmm. and you know so like like derek suggested maybe um, you know, putting it like you know, like you've seen the hockey fights cancer jerseys, mm-hmm. you know, where they put like the little thing in the back, you know, underneath the neck. Maybe they do it like that, you know. And, and, and if that's the case, except for the occasional close up that you'll get during the course of a game, it won't matter, right? So, so hopefully, hopefully it's it, it's not too bad. And then uh, the other thing we we just got finished talking about Bobby Plager, mm-hmm. uh, his celebration of life was today. Were you able to catch any of that? I wasn't able to. I had like a. I I had. I know where to find the live stream and things like that. I saw the beginning of the ceremony when it was like actually at Enterprise, uh, but I couldn't catch on uh, most of it, unfortunately. But I'm gonna make sure to watch that tonight. 
Yeah, it's, it's still up on the Blues YouTube and their mm-hmm. and their Facebook as well. Uh, a lot of great speeches, uh, mm-hmm. you know. From you know, Kelly Chase uh, was the final one, and he had he had a really good one that we were talking about. They also had a little bit of a parade afterwards. You yep, know, kind yep. of, you know, I went, had a, yeah, I had a lot of my friends. Uh, I asked my friends to take pictures for me. So, oh, nice. Uh, they gave me some pictures. You know, a bunch of them actually, a bunch of them met each other for the first time at that parade. So, oh, that's uh, nice. it's just uh, what a nice, uh, what a nice gesture. Together. Yeah. What what a nice gesture doing the parade route. Like that's just like yeah. whoever came up with that just wow. That's Ob- such such a good idea. Obviously you couldn't have the crowd that you had in 2019, but you know, I was I was very encouraged by the photos that I did see and it looked like it was a pretty decent turnout. Yeah, know? a lot of yeah. yeah, a lot of people told me it was, it was a it was a good turnout, you know. It wasn't Stanley Cup final parade obviously, but it, you know, it was it was very decent, you know, especially considering the times and you know, yeah, it, it, real cool. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, we were gonna wrap up unless you wanted to drop a rant on us about the game last night or how the or how the Blues or how the Blues can't play in the second period anymore or screw the second period. The Blues can't play games anymore. You know they say no. five minutes is enough. They're like, all right, let's pack it up for today. Yeah, you don't want me ranging. In fact, guy intentionally left me out of his post game show uh, last time around <laughs> because he's like, I don't want f bombs this time around. I'm like, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. So, That's fair. <laughs> I would yeah, say, yeah, there's going to be a lot of bonds. Yeah, so it's probably a good idea. Yeah, I, I, I guy is trying to clean up his is his SDL fan report over there. I, I get it. It's fair. It's fair, but. Totally uh, fair. You know that's that that's not our fucking problem, okay? Yeah, <laughs> not our fucking problem. We'll okay? say whatever the fuck we want. Exactly, exactly right. Uh, hey, we 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 can say all the f bombs we want, and DraftKings will still sponsor us. DraftKings, oh. you freaking legends! You fucking yeah, exa- legends! Why did exactly, freaking, you fucking legends! Promo code THPN, and they'll even throw money at you for putting that code in there. They're wonderful, oh, yeah. wonderful. So, uh, shout out to DraftKings, shout out to Centerized Brewery as well for uh, sponsoring our show. Of course, uh, we'll see how uh, your predictions are for how many points the Blues have at the end of the year. Which, as we explained earlier with Corey, I feel like you need quantum physics to figure out where the blues are going to end up because one week they are coming and uh, the next week they are folding like a lawn chair. So, yep. you know, I, I think, I think, I think, I think they cut off Bennington when he said we're coming. I think he was, I think he was actually talking about like, you know, uh, uh, Normandy golf course here in St. Louis and like, we're coming to Normandy golf course in June while the NHL playoffs are going on because we won't be in them. <laughs> Botched ad read. <laughs> yeah, but Terrence, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Say no to Bennington for future ad reads. He he will not be doing those here on this uh, professional program. So of course. Yeah, speaking of Normandy, the fact that Jack Nicholas is coming to redesign the course—that's a pretty that big is deal. Cool. That is cool. Normandy, really? it, yeah, it, it's it is wow. the oldest golf course west of the Mississippi. It's 120 years old, and they've been trying for years to get get it renovated and you know spruced up and jack nicholas comes along and says i'm going to redesign normandy so that is that is big so uh well i guess we'll have to go golfing too well yeah st louis has a pretty vibrant golf community here Mm -hmm. so i mean there's plenty of courses and people are really into golf here it's it's more so than Mm -hmm. other cities i've lived in so yeah so it's kind of the same way too we got some pretty courses here but uh yeah it's pretty uh, it's pretty rabid here as well do you play golf because there's uh, uh, yeah, I got my own set of clubs. I'm a lefty, so I got my own set of clubs. <laughs> no, notice, he, notice he said, yeah, I've got my own set of clubs. Not that he plays golf, 
But he's got his own set of clubs. <laughs> that right you. there tells you he's playing golf. Those clubs could probably do a good job hanging your coats. I mean, but, you know, can they can they get it down the fairway? I don't know. Yes, I can get it down the fairway, okay? you, you See? Uh, I'm, I'm better than – if you pick an average Joe from the street, I could probably beat him. So oh, you, there we you, go. You, you'd beat my ass because I can't play golf. I, yeah. I tried. But put, put it this way. I'm so bad at golf – that my dad, growing up, he coached my baseball team. He coached my soccer team. He was very involved in sports, and he 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 always tried. He always believed in me. He always had confidence in me, even though I was not a great athlete. Uh, he gave up on me when it came to golf. He just he Aww. just said, "Fuck this, I'm out." You know, not not happening because I I have the worst oh. on the man. I, I have the worst. You know how bad I am. Uh, how bad I are you? I got to tee off. I have to turn around and face the other way for the ball to go down the fairway. That's how yeah. bad of a slice I've got. I am grateful for those little grates they put in between you and the golfer next to you <laughs> because there have been times I have sliced my ball into that grate, you know, directly to the right here. I've got one behind me. How? I don't That's know. That's amazing. How? I don't How do you, know. Okay. Did you, you miss? Gonna... And then, like, on the backswing, you just kind of, okay, <laughs> the, on the recoil? You guys yes. ever been to Top Golf? Oh, yeah. No, I'm not. I have that not. That was a blast. Oh, gotta go there. I didn't know if they had them in St. Louis or not. Well, we have sold. we have one in we have one in Chesterfield. Well, there we go. I guess we're going to Chesterfield and going to do some top golf. Man, they're learn, nachos learn. for a golf place. They're nachos are freaking amazing. <laughs> you know, so, holy I've, hell! I've heard a lot of reasons to go to top golf. I've never heard there about heard that about the nachos. Though. Oh, it's interesting. so awesome! It's just, just like just the strip amazing. clubs and their you know their country fried steak. Oh, right? of course, you know yeah. strip clubs, <laughs> strip clubs top golf. You know, I mean, they just go hand in hand like the blues. You and want to go to the strip club to get some steak? <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, never been to one, so I don't That's know. That's the most virgin thing I've ever heard of a fucking life. <laughs> oh no! Uh, oh, another no. another order of business. Uh, the beard, huh? Yes or no? I, 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 I you cut it down. You cut it down. I got it way down. Holy, I way am down. funny. Put razor to beard, immediately regretted it. Immediately. Oh. Was it was it because I finally put your picture up on the Justin Falk stand club on Facebook? No, and you're no, like, that's Ugh. not it. No, Ugh. it was just that because what's weird about my facial hair is this side grows like twice as fast as this side for some stupid reason. Interesting. So yeah, I uh yeah, I had to trim that. It's ridiculous. But, yeah, mine's, you know, mine's whatever. Mine's kind of getting to the point where I need to trim it a little bit, but then mm-hmm. I still have this like weird bald spot, like right, right here that just like I got it too. No hair, yeah, no hair, yeah. See, yeah, exactly. Yep. You, you, you know the well, wags. You don't have any hair. <laughs> wags with the like <laughs> gestures, gestures generally to the face. Wags is in there like, man, you know, I need to grow a beard just so I can go uh, go to the strip club and get some steak. Yes, <laughs> you won't let me in without a beard. Otherwise, otherwise, they'll card me. <laughs> the little card had some cards wags. Actually, did really Just recently get carded? Yeah, Man. really because of the mask. I mean, of course. <laughs> You're really 16, right, Wags? I mean, 16, that's let, giving let, me a lot of credit. Let's let's, let's drop the 36 year old thing here. Let's yeah. let's get real, okay? You know, you, you don't have to lie about your age to be on Blue Notes, okay? Right. Oh, thank goodness. Okay, let me take all this uh, suit off and, and reveal my seven-year-old self. Oh, like the SpongeBob I, I, episode I, where it was the gorilla, where it was Patrick unzipping, and it's there's a gorilla inside. Yeah, I, I can't be the only one who remembers that. All this time, Wags is a twelve-year-old Call of Duty player who pones noobs in his spare time. Hey, and you gotta do what you gotta do to make a the living. Truth, 
the truth has come out. That would explain the f bombs. <laughs> that would explain it was explain a lot. Uh, <laughs> oh, uh, 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 like steaks at strip clubs. Oh, uh, by the way, by the way, if you're a strip club that has a very nice steak, uh, we would like to talk about advertising with you. Just yeah. email us at bluenotespot at gmail.com. Hardcore plug there. Exactly. There you go. No you know, intended. Yeah, but, 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 oh, 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 oh. oh man, I that was good. Come on. Oh, I'm gonna I get angry. Text right. for the, the real question is: Have you guys been to a strip club? I have never been to a strip club. No. Well, okay. Um, mm. Don't they? Okay, and Ballpark Village. Don't they have like the stripper poles at the bottom there? I don't know. Really know. There were strippers they- last time. Me and my dad went to, to went to Ballpark Village. There's like a bar on the first floor there were poles and i know there were strippers there you sure they just weren't support poles to hold the building up i'm 90 percent positive hmm. hmm weird i i've never seen those I, okay, I've, also, I, I I've also not been to ballpark village lately so i don't know and well, keep it, in mind i am only 20 so that no is true here. and that and that is factual um yes. real 20 no i i went to one but it was a long time ago it was like mm-hmm. it was like when I, it was like right after i turned 21 it was one of those kind of kind of deals and it was okay it was fine. It was fine, but it's it's just like I I always feel kind of skeevy a little yep. bit, you know, like yeah. about going to one. You know, it just it, it I, and and basically my one trip to one kind of validated those concerns. It's just like <laughs> I like imagine if you're going there like every Friday night. I mean, how how sad are you? Like, is are are you more sad if you're going to a strip club every Friday night or have never gone to a strip club or if you go to a strip club just for their steak? If they know you by name, I think it's a bit of an issue. Yeah. <laughs> if they know you by name. And no, if they ask I, you how I your kids like... are, if they ask you how your kids are, <laughs> how's the wife? How's the kids? Giving you a lap dance. And, like, so how's the wife? Did and they pass that history exam? And, and and your kid is a playmate with the stripper's daughter as well. <laughs> and, 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 and and recess, you know, that's that's a little far. Timmy this hit Johnny again. Time, this is your third time here in three weeks or is your marriage okay <laughs> uh, <laughs> hey did you get uh, Joan no, that no. recipe for bunt cakes that i gave you <laughs> <laughs> what wait, wait talk buns what <laughs> what these okay wow this show has just really really interestingly tonight i i i'm so glad Corey left this you know we got out when she did man <laughs> man she she would never come on if she saw this good good stuff I you feel know, like I'd be like pouting in the corner the whole time. You know, I just be like, "You want a laptop? No, <laughs> I'm okay. No, the Blues are losing right no. now. I don't want to feel like it. Don't you see the TV? It's ain't nothing. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> leave, leave me, leave me alone, sunshine. Leave me alone. Well, her, her name would be Tori because it would you be know, candy. It's Tori it would be candy with a K. <laughs> maybe candy. I'm I'm not in the mood for sweets. <laughs> I don't deserve sweets. The blues lost. Man, I just I just derailed this whole thing. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I've steadily been watching our viewer count just completely plummet off the face of the earth. So <laughs> it's my fault. I, 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 th- I think it's time for us to uh, wrap this show up. So, you know, on that note, I want to thank you for listening and watching because without you, there is no me, there is no Wags, there is no Mason. Uh, coming in to uh, do a drive-by on the show at the last minute and completely, uh, you know, derail it. And there is no Hockey Podcast Network. I'm Tom Franklin reminding you to not be a chump. And what do we do, Wags? Always play to the whistle!
A reminder that you can follow Blue Notes on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Blue Notes Pod. I'm the voice of the blues, Tom Calhoun. Jeremy Boyer, play us out. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. New episodes every Monday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Okay, Google. I'm hungry for steak. Who's open?